Hello, hello. Greetings, guten tag. It is Lindsay. You are listening to Life 3 Distorted Lens. It's another Thursday right now when I'm recording this, and I feel crazy frantic. Today has been out of control, not out of control, but it's been uh, bananas. I know that they voted on the um, Equality Act, and I know it passed uh, the House, and it was heading to the Senate last I checked. I have not checked it, but I'm just going to have to assume that they're going to approve this madness where basically women are being erased. Um, not even basically, it's literally, um, yeah. I'm going to read from the womensliberationfront.org uh, blog post about the House to vote on the Equality Act. This was uh, written on February 17th. Uh, the Equality Act, introduced in the U.S. House of Representatives as H.R. 5 in 2019, includes gender identity rules that have received little public focus regarding their adverse impact on sex stereotyping bans or the danger they pose to women and children. The bill would codify the regulatory changes President Biden laid forth in his executive order on gender identity, his first day in office. In several places in this bill, it directs the term, quote, sex, end quote, in federal civil uh, rights law to be replaced with the term, quote, sex, sexual orientation, and gender identity, end quote. The bill's authors made clear that gender identity is to take procedure over and replace sex as a protected category. The bill doesn't mention individuals with clinically diagnosed gender dysphoria or undertaking surgical or hormonal transition, thus making clear that self-declared gender identity would be sufficient to claim protected legal status. Uh, women and girls would be harmed by the Equality Act. Under current civil rights law employers, again, this was written on January, uh, let me check again, I'm sorry, excuse me, February 17th, um, and today is the 25th. Let me go back to where I was. Under current civil rights law, employers may hire and assign work on the basis of sex only when it's a bona fide occupational qualification. These are some jobs and assignments this change will affect, taking away the right of Americans to insist... Oh, I thought I wasn't recording. Holy shit. I was like, no. Uh, taking away the right of Americans to insist that only someone of the same sex be able to, one, or I'm, I'm just going to read it off, perform security pat-downs. I'm just going to read that again because I keep interjecting. These are some of the jobs and assignments this change will affect. Taking away the right of Americans to insist that only someone of the same sex be able to perform security pat-downs or strip searches, supervise locker rooms or shared showers, handle intimate care for hospital and long-term care patients, chaperone a doctor or medical assistant who is providing such care, perform intimate medical examinations, supervise drug tests, supervise children on overnight trips. Uh, also from the summary, the quote, the bill prohibits an individual from being denied access to a shared facility, including a restroom, a locker room, and a dressing room that is in accordance with the individual's uh, gender identity, end quote. This means that American women will no longer be able to expect any single sex facilities when using or being required to stay in shared hospital rooms or wards, locker rooms and public or group showers, multi-stall bathrooms, jails, prison, or juvenile de detention facilities. Good Lord. Detention facilities, homeless shelters, overnight drug rehab centers, domestic violence or rape crisis shelters. This bill will also end sports programs and scholarships set aside for women and girls. 
all such programs will have to admit men and boys who identify themselves as, as women or girls. Such programs will no longer meet their intended purpose of protecting the rights of women and girls by redressing historical inequality of opportunity. This bill tragically attempts to prohibit sex discrimination by forbidding the law to seize sex. A law and courts that cannot see sex objectively also cannot address sex discrimination or protect the bodily privacy, privacy rights and dignity of Americans in those circumstances where sex matters immensely. I mean, that really makes me rage. Um, without further ado, though, I'm just going to get into this. Um, I present to you Amy Souza. Yay! This is Amy Souza again. Hooray! And uh, Lindsay, I never introduced myself. Who cares? I mean, you're on my listening or on YouTube. You know where you're at. Um, yeah. Amy, what did you want to talk about this session? Oh, you know, so many things we could talk about. Um, I had mentioned to you, I, I haven't finished the book, so I, I want to get more into it, but both of us were reading different books by Stephen Hassan. Uh, yes. <laughs> Freedom of Mind. And that that's his kind of classic book. And then the one, what is the one that I'm reading called? I was, I was listening it, to it. Yeah. It's this one, combating cult mind control. And it's really interesting. So Steve is a former, he's an ex-Mooney who uh, got into this topic because he got captured in a cult. And, you know, I think it's an observation that a, a number of people have made, but that this gender ideology really operates in some really similar ways um, to some cults and how cults operate and, and um, really having to do with uh, what he calls um, mind control and, and also what, what, is he, what does he call it exactly? He calls it... The, um, is it the bite model? I was going to ask you that earlier. Did he mention that? Yeah, he calls it the bite model. So bite is standing for behavior, information, thought, and emotional control. Um, and he says that he doesn't, he says, you know, what's interesting about him, I thought, is that he doesn't like to use the word um, brainwashing. And I think that's yes. really good because I, yep, I think, same. <laughs> I think that term is, um, you know, really implies torture and, um, and, and something that is, uh, you know, kind of a, you're locked in a place and, and, you know, forces are working on you and flashing you pictures while they're sending you other information and um brainwashing is, is yeah like please do says, yeah please do mind control or social influence question mark social influence or to use the older term mind control refers to a set of methods and techniques such as hypnosis or thought stopping uh that influence how a person thinks feels and acts um da, 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 da. Psychological influence becomes destructive when it is used to undermine a person's ability to think and act independently. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, there's, um, uh, we can never stop plugging enough 11th hour blog and Jennifer Bilek because she does so much uh, to really uncover the money 
behind this. But I think the other thing that she really does well is she really um, unpacks uh, how much this is. Um, there is a glossy, amazing, uh, hugely funded media campaign behind the gender industry and the gender movement. And we have to really remember that this is an industry. This this is big money. This is, you know, trillions of dollars in revenue. Um, I just posted on my Facebook a few days ago that Forbes magazine, you know, was coming out and talking about this. And they said just the surgeries alone. So this is not even including um, puberty blockers. It's not including hormone replacement. It's not including um, the drugs that you take post-surgery to get your, um, you know, to get these surgeries to take and be cooperative. Um, just the surgeries alone is 150K estimated uh, per person. And they're, uh, they are estimating it, just in surgeries alone, there are over $200 billion in revenue a year which is bigger than the entire film industry. So if you can wrap your minds around that and anyone can look that up. Yeah. This is the, uh, it says AbbVie, A-B-B-V-I-E, earned $571 million from Lupron, commonly sold as a puberty blocker in the first nine months of 2020. Um, and then they go on to say, this is from LGB Fightback uh, Twitter. So did you know, Ab, I don't know how you pronounce it, AbbVie settled two 140-plus million lawsuits in 2017 for fraudulent misrepresentation and aggressive marketing of Androgel, the artificial testosterone. Uh, yeah. AbbVie yeah. profits from selling dangerous drugs. Like, all this yeah. is, I mean, out there. I mean, I guess you just obviously got to research it or read it. Well, exactly. And, and so the reason that I think, I think it's important to mention the money because it's important yeah. to mention the advertising campaign. Um, so the way that this has been rolled out in culture um, is it's rolled out through organizations like uh, the ACLU and UN Women, which it's kind of on it's women. Not women anymore. Yeah, it's not women anymore. Uh, and it's rolled out, um, it's you know, it, it's rolled out in media spots uh, with, you know, getting um, getting programs paid for on, you know, like the TLC show that was Jazz Jennings. It's getting BBC. shows that, that uh, BBC, the, the show on um, on HBO, uh, getting uh, models and modeling campaigns and really selling this as like this exciting, glamorous lifestyle. And you have to realize that is, that's an organized campaign. And the same is true as the language that they use around this. And I, I think what Hassan really interestingly pipe, points out yeah. is um, cults use thought terminating language, linguistic ploys that stop you from thinking. So the whole mantra of, um, there's a couple of things they use, trans women are women, and they just yeah. repeat it, and they say trans women are women, trans women are women, trans, well, it, it has no meaning. It's tautological. There's no, there's no definitions in there. It's just a little thought terminating you know, when someone gets nervous about they don't know how to answer a question because they know damn well what the answer is they'll just be like well you know put this little like 
fluffer, you know, obviously as people are going to language classes, you can tell uh, where they preface it and then they just go trans women are women when it has nothing to do with the question. It's like, it's so creepy. I've seen videos of that and this woman looked like so uncomfortable having to play this out and act that out. I, I was just, I screamed. I was like, God. It's... And it, it just means nothing. There's no definition in there. They're not defining woman um, and they're not defining what a trans woman is they're just repeating this thing and it's supposed to and it works it stops you from thinking it your people say it with passion and it keeps anyone who is trying to dig into the issue from actually being able to address the issue and the, the same that they do with little linguistic ploys like um this uh, you know this language is inclusive so um so calling women, for example, uh, cervix havers or vulva people or chest feeders or birthing sis. parents, sis, sis, yeah, that one, um, uh, menstruators, bleeders, this language is dehumanizing because it, it stops women from being human. And it's also objectifying because it's referring to us as body parts, like, yeah. I've said before, it's the, it's the written equivalent of like talking to my boobs instead of to my face, you know, like you're talking to my, like, <laughs> to my body, so calling bizarre. me a bleeder instead of <laughs> just questioning like, whoa, this is really crazy. Since when has this been a problem or why is this a problem? Um, can I read about what he said about the, uh, this is underneath the the, the bite model thing under the yeah yeah uh, yeah obviously the T but yeah weird anyway uh, use of loaded language for example thought terminating cliches words are tools for thinking special mm -hmm. words constricting rather than expanding knowledge stopping thought process function to reduce complexities into I don't know how you say this word I forget platitudinous buzzwords yeah um, mm -hmm. again yeah they're just platitudes yeah. Thought stopping techniques, which shut down reality testing, excuse me, let me read that again, which shut down reality testing by stopping negative and uh, negative and only allow so-called good thoughts, which, yeah. uh, you know, they use rationalization, justification, wishful thinking. Uh, yeah. Rejection of rational analysis, critical thinking and constructive criticism. I'm like, bam, right there. Well, exactly. And so they say that basically calling these calling women by these very objectifying dehumanizing terms like chest feeder is somehow inclusive and they tell you that they're using these words in order to be neutral in order to be gender neutral in order to be inclusive but that's that's a disconnect that's actually a dissonance it's those words are neither inclusive nor are they neutral um but but again it's it's telling it it pre before they use the words they tell you well i'm using it because i'm being inclusive i'm using it because i'm being neutral and so it sets you up for this um yeah, dissonance. You're you're confused. You're like, well, I guess I heard that they're trying to be inclusive. I heard that they're what trying to be neutral. Including exactly is this? I'm going to play dumb here. Is it include trans identifying females, trans men? Is that what? Yes, it is? yes. So it supposedly includes non-binary or any other a gender or demi gender or so trans man. Supposedly, it is inclusive of those genders. However when you don't center women and girls in issues of women and girls bodies yeah. 
when you don't include women, that's exclusive. Excluding women is exclusionary. Um, and again, it's really objectifying, you know, calling people by their body parts, that is objectification. <laughs> that's what objectification is. And, but I think, you know, I think that's what's so cool about what Hassan is doing. I mean, he's not talking specifically about gender ideology. He's just talking about how mind control works. How does it function? How does it operate? And we can extrapolate from what he's written that this is what's happening in the culture right now. And this, this is influence, why... not well, I mean, you can call it mind control, but I do love that because this is definitely a social influence thing. Like, can you imagine yeah. how... How would this take off and um, set its foot on the ground, really, without social media? Like, I, I kind of wonder. It obviously no. would be so rapid. No, and you know, I, I think you know there, there's, there's other things that are happening that are very similar too, and that is um, one also the huge vilification that is happening to people who don't go along with this ideology. Um, and it, yeah. it's an ideology and, you know, there are many people who, you know, and, and again, it shouldn't be, I mean, it shouldn't even, I just don't believe it. It's, yeah. I, I'm a reality person. I think that bodies are bodies. Um, but the, the tactic of the gender activists is to say, if you don't go along with the ideology that says that, you know, people can have hundreds of different gendered identities, uh, then you are a bigot. You are a transphobe. You are a turf. Um, and that, that's a tactic. That's a, that's a, a mind, that's a controlling, manipulative tactic to vilify those who don't go along with it. Um, and we should simply, I mean, people can identify, I guess, as whatever they want. Like there's that, that guy who there's, there's a couple different really weird ones, like a guy who identifies as a cat and he has fangs um, and he implants his whiskers. Not, oh yeah. Well, okay. Have I, you I, seen I, that guy? Yeah. that guy. Was he, he identifies as a cat. Yeah. It's fine if he identifies as a cat, but I should not be forced to participate in his Exactly. Identity or, or delusion or whatever. Like, you know, um, men can identify however they want, but it their bodies function the same. They, we should not have to, um, women should not be, have their safety and privacy and physical yeah. needs jeopardized for men who identify in a certain way. We should not have to participate with their belief no. system if we don't no. want to. Uh, let me read the cognitive dissonance part. Yeah, please uh, do. Evolution of the bi model. Um, blah, 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 blah. 1950s psychologist Leon Festinger, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, summarized his cognitive dissonance theory. Quote, if you change a person's behavior, his or her thoughts and feelings will change to minimize the dissonance. Dissonance is the psychological tension that arises when a person's behavior conflicts with his or her beliefs. I'm just going to say his because they write his, but I was saying his or her. Uh, we prefer that our behavior, thoughts, and emotions be mutually consistent and that we can tolerate only a certain amount of discrepancy. Like hunger, this tension is uncomfortable and people will take measures to reduce it. This tendency can uh, manifest itself in different ways. For example, um, when people behave in ways they see as either stupid or immoral, they change their attitudes so the behavior seems sensible and justified. 
People who hold opposing views are apt to interpret the same news reports or factual material about the disputed subject quite differently. Each sees and remembers what supports his views, but glosses over and creates when people think of themselves as reasonably humane or um, are in a situation where they hurt innocent people, they reduce the resulting dissonance by marginalizing or dis despising their victims. And the last one is there is a strong inclination to reduce cognitive dissonance by rationalization. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so they, they, you know, these activists um, and actually sometimes even just, you know, people who think they're being progressive, mm -hmm you know, rather than grappling with what uh, gender critical feminists are saying, rather with grappling with the realities of um, women and girls' safety, privacy, um, and physical boundaries being compromised, they won't grapple with that. That's, I mean, that's exactly what you're saying there. Instead of grappling with what we're actually saying, they turn it into a vilification. Um, they turn it into, you know, we're simply being hateful um, and they refuse to engage with it. And the same thing, you know, I think we can talk about happens to detransitioners. You know, it, it's yeah. the same kind of like, what do they call it when you're kicked out of, um, when you're kicked out of Scientology? Oh, you're, a suppressive person? Yeah. I SP, mean, so stupid. Yeah. They definitely have their own crazy language. Um, just like basic <laughs> terms where it's like, you didn't really need to make a new word for that at all. No, but I think, you know, like that's what happens to um, detransitioners. You know, they're, they're really vilified. They're, they're kicked out of the community. They silence. often lose silence. They lose all their support network. They're, they're called, um, uh, trust scum. I think oh, true scum. Term. Yeah. True scum. So this true is scum, the emotional you. control of the, uh, the bite model, like, you know, B I T the E part, yeah. uh, down here, it says, let's see, phobia indoctrination, inculcating irrational fears about leaving the group or questioning the leader's authority, no happiness or fulfillment possible outside of the group. Next one is terrible consequences. If you leave hell, demon possession, this is again, all cults suicide. Uh, um, next the shunning of those who leave. Uh, fear of being rejected by friends, peers, and family. Next one is never a legitimate reason to leave. Those who leave are weak, undisciplined, unspiritual, worldly, uh, brainwashed by family or counselor. How many times have I heard of D-trans stories of a counselor being really inquisitive all of a sudden? Only when they want to D-trans, not when they want to trans. They don't, they're not really, they don't ask a lot of questions from, again, I've heard m many uh, trans and D-trans stories. And it's, this is like a resounding true thing. Um, where when they want to trans, they're just like, all right, here, you know, quick, it's a quick process. And this is again, written in the IG, it's written in their documents to do this, make it quick. Um, but when you want to detrans or desist, uh, they're like, oh, why are you sure? But that's not really you. I'm like, is someone hurting you? Is your, have you been talking to your mom? Like what's going on? They get really inquisitive, which is so fucking creepy. Um, uh, yeah, brainwashed by family or counselor. And I, you know, this whole thing, I've seen it time and again, especially with these people that are on Twitter, like grooming people to like oh you're it, they just really teach that your family's bad and abolish families what the fuck i mean this is insanity like um yeah that, that you can't trust your own family so instead of being able to sad you know like i i the, you said you you just uh, interviewed karen actually 
Um, and in in her video, anyone who hasn't seen the the um, the the oh, Turf Wars yeah. documentary, it, it's fantastic, and, and you got to watch it. Um, and she does a really good job of highlighting this, where um, you know, family knows a lot about you. Family knows whether you've had past trauma, whether you've had depression, yeah. whether you're um, autistic or what's going on with you. But these kids go to these doctors and if their parents do not immediately affirm them, they try to separate them from their families. They try to, they, some of them get sent, you know, from the family into different foster care. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you have uh, media personalities like friggin' Jeffrey Marsh, oh, um, who are he's... telling kids that he's their glitter mom. You so know, creepy. he, I mean, he's an adult man who <laughs> should not be inviting kids. Um, when he says his stuff is like, oh my God, it's so like creepy. It. <laughs> he, like, he, he does this long pause and is like, it's just, no, no. Yeah, no. Can I read something? Uh, it's not from the yeah. book, but it's. Oh yeah. Um, I looked at the looked this up a while ago. You know, my mom used to tell me that uh, I see life through a distorted lens, and that's why I named my podcast "Life Through a Distorted Lens." Um, and I was just like, "Oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. That's so mean." But then I, this was like last year, dude. I looked it up about you know playing the victim, and I just was like, "What is that? What is a victim?" This is an incredible blog post, and it really opened my eyes up to all of it. Um. I'm going to skip around, but uh, I don't know. Life is not fair. It's not unfair either. Life just is. This is I'm reading this from the, the blog post writing, uh, yeah. not me. It took me a lot of pain and time to realize that and to get over and become in charge of my life. Um, it talks about the father. It talks about this person's father not loving him. Uh, maybe he didn't love me, didn't care about me, or just wasn't present when I needed him. I suffered because of what I expected, not because of what he did. Um, let's see. We can accept reality and adapt to it, or we can live in denial. What happens, happens. It doesn't happen to you. That's the difference between having ownership of our lives or pity for ourselves. Um, overcome self-pity, play a different role. Self-pity becomes your oxygen, but you learn to breathe it without a gas so nobody even notices you're hurting by Paul Moonet. Um, this was uh, such a... Self-pity is an exaggerated sense of sorrow over one's own life, roles, or circumstance. We all experience it throughout our lives. Some occasionally, others turn it into a toxic habit. Like any self-defense mechanism, it can ease the pain and make us feel protected. However, the truth is it causes more damage than the pain it's trying to alleviate. Um, this person, let's see, I'm just trying to skim over it. What happened doesn't matter. Self-pity is not about what happens, but about playing the victim. Not because we are the casualty of an attack, but because we choose to. Um, Self-pity is easily the most destructive of narcotics. It is addictive. It gives momentary pleasure and separates the victim from reality. I was like, oh! Um, Self-pity limits your ability to achieve anything. We get stuck blaming others and lose control of our acts. Something external takes control of us. It pushes the pause button and we get paralyzed, waiting for that same person or event to get us back into motion. But that won't happen. It's on you to overcome that life hiatus called self-pity. Playing the victim is pointless. Um, take a, This is a quote by H. Beam Piper. Take a drink. This is going to be long, but trust me, it's worth it. Um, anyway, uh, take a drink because you pity yourself and then the drink pities you and has a drink and then two good drinks get together and that calls for drinks all around. Um, going on, uh, when you self pity, everything looks different. And this is definitely the distorted lens thing. 
when we pity ourselves, by the way, I've made leaps and bounds. I don't think I see life through a distorted lens anymore. Anyway, when we pity ourselves, all we see are our problems. We become blind to other people and their issues. We believe that the world revolves around us. Self-pity, unlike self-reflection, makes us invisible. Our attention gets into others. We blame people for how we feel and expect them to be the cure too. When self-pity becomes dominant, we deny responsibility. Um, as William Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. Playing the victim is a passive role. Uh, let's see here. Self-pity is primarily related to anger and rumination. Reliving our experience as a victim makes us feel stuck. And I want to interject here and say, um, I think that this can also be a thing where perhaps you actually were a victim of something. I think all of us have been, you know, um, by and large, big or small at some point in our life. But it, I think it can easily turn into a thing where it truly does take over your life and you are now playing the victim from yeah. a experience yeah. where you actually were a victim. Um, when we play the victim, we hold on to the child's mindset. We feel defenseless. We believe that playing that part will attract attention and make others love us more or want to protect us. Those who play the victim wear many costumes. Don't be deceived by the looks. Um, even those who look happy can be experiencing self-pity. Um, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this is just so crazy because it's just it's so I, I just feel so bad for these children and people that are falling victim to this trans ideology because it just I, reading stuff like this just screams to me a lot of them that this is them i continue feeling self-pity is being at war with reality we are weak and don't want to confront ourselves we are cowards we expect reality to change rather than to adapt to it change happens from within to grow you need to cross the boundary of your comfort zone self-pity is a dangerous choice um self-pity is spiritual suicide it is an indefensible self-mutilation of the soul Whew. Woo! That's from Anthon St. Martin. Um, I'm, I, 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 I want to cut this short, but I don't because it's so good. I, uh, anyways, um, reliving self-pity, the other... Oh, sorry, it's going to the personal thing. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, let's see. Thoughts keep showing up trying to distract us. Labeling them as thoughts is the best way to acknowledge those distractions rather than fighting back. It's a way to recognize our thoughts without giving them importance. Um, and this is something that I just watched Eckhart Tolle talk about, um, you know, if you're angry and or you're sad and you are triggered or you're feeling things from your past, that is okay. Um, never should you like ignore that. But I think people need to remember, I mean, this goes for everyone. These don't define you. Your thoughts don't have to be you. Um, Eckhart Tolle talks about this all the time, about stepping outside of that and be able to this takes a lot of practice and it's not easy, but to be, to recognize when these feelings come up, you have so much more, I don't know how to word it. It's like self-control or just, uh, you don't well, let your mind control you. Yeah. I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, so, so much of what you said, we, we can, you know, go back through and, and unpack because yeah. what you're saying is really rich. Um, and I think that, you know, there, there is, there is, I think there's that self-pity happening um, and it's really exacerbated um, by the external narrative uh, mm -hmm. that's coming uh, from that, you know, media marketing um, yeah. uh, 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 doctrine, because I think there's, you know, kids who, kids and parents who are going to therapists, for example, um, are hearing things like, 
you know, if you do not let your child transition, there is a huge suicide rate. Mermaids is putting out um, campaigns uh, that say things like, quote, I'd rather have, um, you know, I'd rather have a live daughter than a dead son. I mean, enjoying the show? Show your appreciation by supporting my work by becoming a patron on my Patreon. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash distorted lens and choose a tier. You can also leave a donation directly to my PayPal. Head over to my website, lindsayplatotionart.com. Click on the distorted lens podcast link on the top header and click the PayPal button to show your support. Help me continue to bring you creative endeavors and truths each and every week. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for your continued support. Now, back to the show. That's a marketing campaign. So whatever pity or upsetness or feelings are going on for the person, it's it's really hard to identify them and listen to them clearly when you also have this external um really powerful campaign and and it's it's a fear-based campaign i mean yeah. if you if you emotional, um not manipulation i forgot the word uh well it is emotional manipulation yeah no i forgot the word but uh what's so also dangerous about them saying that is that kids or whoever um will hear that and go oh i'm not getting the uh, hormone blockers or surgery whatever i've heard that people actually kill themselves and i don't think that if they've been you know saying this out loud or even i just think it's like a subconscious thing of like it's so dangerous because they're going to start killing themselves even that that's well, what you're supposed to do because that's what they've been told and it's this well, we, percentage rate like oh, we already we that. we already know from other um other studies that we have that things like suicide um, things like school shootings or, or even not just a school shooting, but any first person shooting, mm. these things are actually social contagions. And we already know this. I mean, we already know that, that, you know, reporters already know you have to be really careful how you report a teen suicide because there is a kind of social contagion that goes along with it. Just like, um, again, like they know this about school shootings or they know this about, um, you know, mass, mass shootings and mass killers, that there's a kind of social contagion where it happens over here and suddenly there's three more reports of it happening here, here, and here because there is something um, compelling and something that gets into your brain about it. And so, um, you know, it's first, it's, it's really dangerous and irresponsible that this is what, um, this is what the uh, psychiatric community is selling. And the DSM, of course, is, you know, they are taking so much money from big pharma. They are not some sort of, the, the, the diagnostic manual for therapists is not a neutral manual. It is not neutral. It's not a neutral um, book. It is highly political. And um, where they get their funding, again, Jennifer, uh, um, Jennifer Bilek has pointed this out, that is not a neutral document. <laughs> um, and when they tell parents and kids alike that you will commit suicide if this doesn't happen, that sticks in your head. Yeah. You know, it is, it's naturally going to exacerbate your just depression. So and we, we yeah. just have this whole model totally mixed up. Instead of um, taking care of the depression or taking care of the past okay. trauma, um, instead of taking care of these past things, to heal the quote unquote gender dysphoria, they are trying to do it the opposite way around. They're trying to 
um, work on the gender dysphoria uh, and they're saying, they're telling the families and the kids, that's going to heal the depression. That's going to heal the suicidal ideation. But it, the, the opposite is true. You, you have to heal the depression. You have to heal the suicidal ideation. You have to heal the past trauma. And then that gender dysphoria is going to dissipate. And, you know, we, we have had, you know, gender, as long as feminists have been critiquing it, is oppressive. <laughs> you know, it is a narrow confine. It's a box. And that box has changed over historical periods. Um, you know, we you can see, for example, in like uh, Louis the Fifth, uh, who Louis Vuittons are named after. In that time period, men wore short skirts, men had tights, men showed off their legs, men wore heels to show off their calves, and women were you know collared from the neck to the wrist to the to the feet. So gender looked really different. Men were a lot more ostentatious. They they wore wigs and makeup and and women, I mean, women had wigs too, but they were a little more subdued and men were peacocks, you know, like a male peacock. Um, and, uh, you know, or different cultures have different gender roles, you know, different, um, you know, all kinds of different gender roles. I mean, there's, there's matrilineal indigenous cultures that have completely different, uh, gender roles than anyone, you know, any Western culture, you know, but then there's also cultures that, um, you know, like somewhere like Afghanistan, where, where women have a dress code and they, you know, they can't have a public life unless they're accompanied by a male relative or they can't ride a bike or drive a car. So there are, and there's, there's all kinds of different gender roles. And again, they are historical, they change over history, they change over location. And many, many people have rejected gender roles over time in history. It is not a new thing for people to reject gender roles. Rejecting gender roles, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that people reject gender roles because they're confining. Um, but rejecting a gender role changes nothing about the functioning of your body. It changes no material aspect of your body. And uh, the thing about, you know, that I, I think people think that this new gender ideology that comes with these hundreds of, of identities and agender and non-binary and this, I think they think that it is giving them freedom, yeah. but in fact, it's just, more different little boxes. <laughs> it's it's still saying the same thing that gender has always said, which is that certain sexed bodies are allowed to behave in certain ways. And they think that claiming these identities is going to give them the freedom that they seek, but it's just another different box. Rather than saying a female body can behave however and will still be female or a male body can behave however. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the, the kids that do this are just really expressive uh, kids. Like, I think I would have fully yeah. fallen for that shit. They yeah. just want to express themselves and not even necessarily be like, I'm a trans, whatever. But uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's why I think all these uh, gender things like pop up, like silly ones, like earbud gender, I swear to God. <laughs> Attack helicopter, uh, you know, raccoon, uh, hoodie, I mean, whatever. Um, yeah. Um, Karen Davies, um, who does, uh, she, her, her, her YouTube is, uh, you're, you're, are you yeah, kidding, you right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. 
she's great. She's I know, really I great. <laughs> um, but she she talked a little bit about this too. She she actually has also read Stephen um, Hassan's book, and she was nice. talking as yeah. as well about the bite model. I, I just found that yesterday. I was like, awesome. oh, she's talking about it too. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone's talking about it. Yeah. Um, I but, the other day, I was like. When are you going to, you know, research this? I know he's not going to reply because I'm sure he doesn't check his Twitter, but I'm like, dude, we need him on our side. 100%. We do. We really do. But um, she was saying, you know, every generation of kid has that thing that they do um, mm-hmm. to push back at their parents. And she, she was talking about her experience of wearing a short skirt and like her mom wanted it a certain length and she wanted a certain length and, and how that skirt length was her way of like pushing back at her yeah. mom. And, and I know kids have done it with, you know, piercings. Like my, I remember my sister got her belly button pierced and my parents were like, ah, you Tattoos, know. Piercings. <laughs> Uh, tattoos, hair color, tattoos, yeah. Hair color. yeah, all all kinds of ways of of pushing back and um that exerting of independence that that's a way to exert independence and that is healthy that is really healthy you know yeah. it, uh, pushing back a little bit exerting independence is a little bit um but the thing that deserves to be critiqued here um is that these are irreversible changes. Um, you know, and I, I think that is what Abigail Schreier gets into really well in, in her book, um, because puberty blockers, that's irreversible. I mean, you it know? seems like plain old logic. It's just like, if you're halting the process of your natural body growing up into its adult form, you think pausing that is not going to have any repercussions? I, have people thought this through at all? I'm just I like, mean, it, not it, me. it, you're going to have a 10 year old who needs osteoporosis checks because it's going to, it's going to stop your bone density. It's, it stops your brain development. Um, it, 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 you know, can atrophy your genitals. You can lose all sexual functioning. Um, I mean, and they can't get that back. It's not, it's, it's, it, you can't yeah, get it back. You can't, and like jumpstart even, it later. I mean, what are you going to do? No. Jumpstart it with our, again, artificial shit that your body is like, yeah. Uh, you know, your body just knows what to do. You don't need to take any supplements unless, you know, uh, whatever. Um, what? I mean, cha- changing your hair color, getting a piercing, you know, those things, you they come and go. I, I've had I've had a nose piercing a, a number of times where I was like, mm-hmm. I really want it. And then I was like, oh, I, you know, I had to, they close really fast. So you, you take it out yeah. for some reason. You're like, oh, it, oh it's gone. Yeah, okay. I was like, uh, I... sleeping and I was like, oh, I can't get it back in. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You're like, it's company comes and goes. Like, that's why I've done it a couple of times. Like, I'm like, Oh, I want it again. Um, you know, but, but, but cutting off your breasts, cutting off your healthy breasts, cutting off your genitals, that's irreversible, you know? And, um, and, and And causes more extreme dysphoria on the other end. I've heard of this as well. Um, I'm, I'm of the state of mind of, I don't think anyone should be doing that. Like numero uno. I don't believe anyone's born in the wrong body. No, Um, no one is. Because again, we've talked about this, you know, your body is your own body. It just makes no sense. Like what living your authentic self is manipulating and mutilating your, your, not only your like natural hormones and the flow of just your state of you, but your external shell you only get one body. You've yeah. got to think about this. It's so unfortunate because obviously none of the shit we're saying is what they're told at these clinics. And then I hear, oh, it's just so crazy. It's everywhere. Like the parents want to take the kid to a, uh, um, 
uh, therapist, but it's like a gender therapist where they yeah. obviously swayed them to be like, yes, you need to transition. Oh yep. my God. How sinister. Yeah. Um, can I, I want to talk about something. Yes, um, please do. I, I just kind of, and I've, I've talked to you about this. I've, I've spoken about this before. Um, and this is, um, I've spoken about phenomenology. Um, I think I spoke about that with you the first time I was there and I, I've been having a few more thoughts about it. And, um, for those who don't know, phenomenology is, it's, um, it's a philosophy, but it's a philosophy that's really, um, grounded in the physical and phenomenology talks about this, um, idea that we're always situated and it kind of goes through these layers of our situation. We are situated in our history. So where we are in time, we're situated in our culture. You know, we, we, we come with a, a perspective and a lens of a certain culture. We're situated in our family. We're situated in our experiences that have already happened. Those are, and we're situated in our literal bodies. So it's a way of, um, it, it's a philosophy of, of, of talking about this um, and talking about the perspective that's always influencing us. So we're always looking through the lens of all of those layers of situation and, and, and our situations, you know, right now, you in your house, me in my house, we are literally situated um, differently. And, you know, the thing that is, um, the thing that's of note, because you, you were talking about, you know, no one is born in the wrong body. And what I would observe is that, first of all, we are always in constant engagement with our bodies. Um, our bodies are constantly influencing us. And I think I said this the last time, yeah. like, you know, I, I wipe the hair from my face. I'm engaging with my body. I'm shifting. I'm moving. I'm moving my hands. That's me engaging with my body. Um, but what I, I didn't clarify and I think deserves a little bit more clarification is that I can only ever be engaged with my body, with this body, my body. I can only ever be engaged with my body. And I am always experiencing my body. I am never not experiencing my body. So whatever, let's say a boy, whatever a boy or a man who is dysphoric is feeling in terms of his emotional state, he is always experiencing his body. And he is never not experiencing his body. A boy or a man is always experiencing their male body. They're never not experiencing their male body. Bodies are sources of physical sensations. <laughs> That's their main thing. They, they physically alert us to danger, like fire or, or just like I have a back pain. Oh, I should go get my back worked on. Like they tell us or a lot of things like, like foreign um, hormones. Yeah. Bodies are, are sites of physical sensations and, and, and they, they're, it's different from gender. They're just sites of physical sensations and a man or a boy is always experiencing the physical sensations of a male body. <laughs> you, yep. you can't ever feel physical sensations for apparatus that you don't have. Um, you know, men and boys have no access 
to female apparatus. So they, they have no way of feeling the literal physical sensations that come along with a vagina, a vulva, a clitoris, a, a cervix, fallopian tubes, labia, you know, they, they, they literally cannot feel those sensations because they have no apparatus any more than they can feel the sensations of having gills or weight. If they do, they're lying to you and it's yeah. like gas or something like period. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not, like it's not real. we being gender nonconforming and not fitting into the, the cultural roles that, that culture says, you know, this is a real man or, you know, these are real men things, you know, mm -hmm. not fitting into that changes nothing about the functioning of your bodies. You can reject that, but it still doesn't give you any access to what a female body is like at all, any more than it gives you, you know, any more than feeling like you can be Spider-Man actually gives you access to, <laughs> I don't know, to being a spider. Uh, you know, again, just a man and a boy is always experiencing his body. Always. Those sensations are never stopping. They're constantly flooding you. They're the only sensations that physical sensations you have access to. I'm trying to think of like a rebuttal that they would think or say i'm constantly doing that which uh, is useful but i'm just like they they i mean they bring up i mean people bring up to me this um brain thing yeah. <laughs> you know that they they're there's they're no all... science or proof <laughs> on because first of all their whole ideology is not founded on real science this whole modern science oh my god bill nye the science guy <gasps> he drank it <gasps> i was like no and he did the clownfish thing I was like, you mother, oh my God, how sad. Uh, he so did something horrible. years ago that really bothered me, and I can't remember what it was. This was before the whole trans thing. Uh, I just remember when he was actually cool and actually talked about real science. Um, what, a, what a fucking joke. I don't, I don't know what that was on, but... Um... <laughs> What is the clownfish thing? Like they are, they can. Uh, the clownfish <laughs> thing. I mean, they they use it as this argument. Clownfish, all animal. There's all kinds of different animal sex, sexuality, and clownfish can change sex. Well, there's all kinds of different animal breathing apparatus. Clownfish have gills. I mean, it, it's, it, I don't know where this argument originated from, but They're it reaching. gets, re they just reach it anywhere gets, and everywhere. it gets like, repeated oh, it a lot, but it's just like, well, regardless of what clownfish can or can't do, humans Are can't. Are we fucking clownfish? H humans yes no? can't do that. There, there's two reproductive pathways your body can take. You can have a body organized around small mobile gametes or you can have a body organized around large immobile gametes. Those are the two pathways. You're one or the other. Every single person. Even if you're even, intersex, correct? Even people with DSD conditions, differences of sexual development, they are still male or female. Those conditions, in fact, are sex-specific. Those are sex-specific conditions and affect males and females differently. Yeah. Um, so they are not, it, it's actually really dehumanizing to them. And the, yeah. the act, the activists who are speaking about it are constantly saying, quit using us as your props yeah, because it's dehumanizing to them to imply that they are some third or other sex. They are not a third or other sex. They are still males or females. Everyone is a male or a female who is a human, who is a mammal. Every mammal is a male or a female mammal and including humans. 
Um, yeah. and, 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 and the brain thing is ridiculous. First of all, I mean, the idea of the, the gendered brain has totally been debunked. You can read about, um, the studies by Gina Rapon. You can read about, uh, Cordelia Fine has another great book on it. Both of them are fantastic books on this. Um, but let's say, let's say even take your given there, there's a, like a female brain. Well, even if you have a female brain, you're having it in your male body and, and, and the safety requirements and the, the, for sports and spaces for women are about bodies. And whatever is happening in your brain, the only physical sensations you can feel are those of your male body. If you're a man <laughs> and the only physical sensations you can feel as a woman are those of a female body. So whatever's happening in your brain, it has nothing to do with the physical sensations that you have access to. You have access to one set of physical sensations and not the other. And in issues of, of safeguarding and privacy and physical safety and physical fairness, bodies matter. And that's why we have these uh, women's uh, safe spaces, shelters, sports. That's why we're doing what women... we're doing to be like, hold the fucking phone, no. You know, and, and historically, bodies are why women have been exploited and oppressed. You know, that's why female infanticide happens because of bodies, not because of what's happening in your this. brain. I'm just, I'm just like, is this, <laughs> I can't believe they seriously dumb this down. FMG, I mean, trafficking, FGM, FGM, oh my God, FGM, trafficking, these happen because of the kind of body that women have, because of our reproductive capacity. Um, the, the oppression is specifically related to bodies. So if we can't, again, like I, I've said this before, but like if you can't talk about sex, you can't talk about sexism. If you have no language to talk about sex, you cannot address sexism where it happens. And, and that's the main issue. If, they, if, if Biden's EO, if the Equality Act, if it erases the category of sex in language and law, we can no longer protect women and girls from sexism. Um, we can Is no longer. Oh, go ahead. We can't ensure their physical safety. We can't ensure fairness. We can't. I mean, even as sports to me are in a way not i mean sports are very important i don't want to downplay sports but they're not the right. most important place i mean the most important places to me are domestic violence centers 100%. um rape Absolutely. crisis centers prisons even locker yes. rooms girls locker rooms that's important sports are important too yes. but but again it's, it's physical oh safety physical yeah. safety like, is the long-term goal of this erasure of, you know, being able to say woman or man, just erasing the two sexes, is it just uh, so the men can be, you know, have uterine, uterus transplants, like they can take over the woman function? Is that what they want? I know transhumanism and all that, but I'm like, is that what it is? Is this the beginning of that or their attempt? I mean, I, I definitely think it is. It's just one. I mean, we women's reproductive capacity has always been under attack historically. It's always been under attack. And it's always men who are trying to control women's reproductive capacity. And yeah, this is more of the same. Um, but uh, yeah, really insulting to their moms. There is one way to get here. And we all got here that way. And it was from a mom. Uh, you know, we, we were all birthed from a woman that there is one way to arrive on the planet and it is female. Yo, 
Yeah. Adult human female. And yeah, you're right. It is highly disrespectful to everyone's mom, regardless of your relationship with your mom. That is the person who gave you birth. Um, Yep. I don't know if you know, and I thing or or, no, go ahead. Well, I just think, yeah, they're, they're trying to control it. And I think, you know, I think that the, this, well, the, this my you know, mind controller, thought controller, or, um, cultural, cultural programming or propaganda. I mean, it is coming. I mean, the NHS, the, the national health service in the UK just removed mothers. Um, they removed, um, uh, 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 pregnant women. They've turned that into birthing parent. They, they've done chest feeding. They've removed all sex based language from birthing. I mean, it, it's insane. And it is such a devaluation of mothers. It's a devaluation of all women. And this is supposedly to be inclusive. And this is, even if it is for inclusivity, it's for a teeny, teeny, tiny percentage of the population. So you are dehumanizing, debasing, objectifying the vast majority of women and girls for a very tiny percentage of people who have a very anti-reality based belief system anti-women anti-female give me a break yeah yeah i mean yes that but um yeah it's just like for for the thing that women do and it's so beautiful and how magical and spiritual and and incredible and to dumb it down and remove like parts that make a adult human female is like what I, I just hate that phrase of it's not hurting anyone it's not hurting anyone what do you yeah, mean it's hurt- yeah you- it's it's hurting it's hurting me i'm hurting yeah I, I'm, I'm that fucking hurts that hurts it hurts is, me it's absurd and no one gave a fuck to ask women women what we felt about all this and also no. i just i think it's no. uh, glaringly interesting um you said it earlier why do we always hear trans women are women have you ever heard them say trans men are men it's like, I think that that's thing is, well, you need to pay attention to that. Like, why is it always the men masquerading as women where it just, that's the one that's always repeated. I'm like, well, you can start to see, I mean, anywhere that you start to pay attention to who's, who is entitled to an opinion, who is entitled to be listened to, who is entitled um, to sympathy who is entitled, um, you know, to, to, um, have their needs met men, you know, men, men are entitled to those things. And historically women have not been entitled to boundaries, to having their needs met, to, you know, they're having their opinions valued, this is more of the same. Uh, and, uh, there is, um, oh gosh, Ben, who is GNC centric, mm-hmm. yep. is that talks very explicitly about this. Anyone who is not um, so following good. her so uh, on her YouTube really should, because she talks about coming up, you know, 13, 14, 15, being in the LGBT clubs, um, feeling that, you know, getting on Tumblr, feeling that she was a trans man. But then really starting to grapple with the misogyny, you know, she would be talking about her period and the men, you know, masquerading as women would be like, uh, what is the word they use? Uh, not if I'm offended, um, 
I can't remember, but they would silence her from just talking about her reality because of men's feels. Like you can't even and, talk about that because they want to have a period or or whatever. Well, it's just and like, she she talks about these adult men who are like in their thirties telling these girls who are not transitioned yet, so they just look like they they just look like a young teenage girl telling these girls that they actually have a male privilege. Oh my God. (laughs) A 30 year old man telling a girl that she has, that she has male privilege because, you know, (laughs) they, they haven't even, you know, these are girls who haven't even transitioned yet and they're, they're grappling with their periods and it's causing them dysphoria and it's causing them distress and they're like confused. And these men are, are just, you know, taking up all the air in the room not listening um not giving them any space and then belittling and silencing them and telling them they're the ones with privilege and that's just like i mean it's just they they would ask her like are you okay with this in a group full of adults where she's like i would never want to be like i'm the only one that's not okay with this so of course someone's gonna go along with the group thing because they're terrified and like you don't want to cause a ruckus and also the whole grooming nature and the dominant and submissive like what was it it's just such a mental gymnastic thing where she was pretending to be or playing masquerading as a male and her dom i guess she didn't really know what that shit was then which is just ah so predatory like you don't have any reality to understand this until it's too late or whatever you get out of it yeah uh her dom man pretending to be woman was like super inappropriate and i mean you know sexting i don't remember what quite what it was but just oh god really scary and but she was saying it was such a weird relationship thing where they were like friends but then it would get super sexual and again she just didn't know that that was like not okay because they're they're young they're youth well, and this this kind of goes this so kind of does wrap back into what we were talking about because this is a kind of control and this is how yeah. to exert control and you know it, it, it is a lot of it is a lot of thought control it is a lot of behavioral control um, it, it is a kind of a grooming um, and you know kids who are trying to figure these things out um and are being met with this propaganda everywhere they're being met with it online and social forums um they're now being met with it at school in their curriculum you know curriculum is telling kids they might not be their sex i mean that is insanity i mean i i think you know first grade or kindergarten it's it's a i mean yeah this is an attack on women and girls it's an attack on the boundaries of women and girls but it's a it's an attack on everyone's boundaries because it is an attack on reality yes that's that's what's happening here um and uh you know i think there's (laughs) i think there's a lot of people who are again really they've been really sold by the fancy glamorous advertising campaign and they think they're you know i know that i have friends who uh, former friends who believe in this and i know they think they're like good progressives and they're thinking of um you know the non-conforming boys who quote unquote feel like women but they're not investigating further they're not investigating to like what do you mean when you say you feel like a woman what what are the specific woman feelings because if you start getting into those you're gonna start hearing a lot of stereotypes 
Yep. Because you, a man cannot feel again, the sensations of a female body. So you're just going to hear stereotypes associated with being a woman, which I'm great with. You know, that, that's the thing. Like, uh, for those people who, there are some people calling me hateful and calling me a Nazi. They've definitely yes. called me a turf. Um, and, uh, you know, but I don't hate anyone. I want, me I want, yeah. I want people to express. I want them to express their full authenticity. Um, I'm simply unwilling to participate in violating boundaries of women and girls, never going to participate in that. Uh, and frankly, I'm never going to participate in going along with calling a man any kind of woman, because that is perpetuating the word woman is taken. The word woman is taken. And if they're and actually that's, a woman, why are they saying trans? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just perpetuating a backwards stereotype, and and Let me go yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna, just... I'm not gonna perpetuate that. I'm no, not gonna exactly. do it. Exactly, 100 agreed. A pseudo identity is created, which suppresses the authentic self and surrenders control. Individuality is submerged and free will subverted. People are kept in the dark, and the very processes that influence them are often made to seem spiritual or mystical. Um, Let's see here. Well, that's, can we pause there for a second yeah. before you go on? That is a great point. The, the, I mean, first of all, this is called an identity movement, but he talks about in, in, in the, this cult, uh, can thing, I say one getting, more thing that I love. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what gives you hope or me hope. At yeah. Least. Yeah. Um, the thing about the cult identity, I think that's what he calls it, obviously. Um, yeah. it doesn't remove the actual self of the person that's been captured. In fact, he's the wording the, the, what he said of the actual self that has been, straight jacket yeah. it's in a straight jacket so yeah. i mean i was like oh god what a great uh, visual there so have uh faith and hope that your friend your daughter son cousin yeah. whoever someone you don't know and care about whatever uh there is just have faith and hope because they're they're, they're still there like, yeah I know that's hard well to believe, but they but... they do create a new identity i mean they get a new name they get a new style they get new clothes they yeah, get new they, everything they're, they're, uh, and they literally call it dead naming oh yes i actually wrote that in here somewhere uh let's see uh, our uni uh, sorry one universal concern of family and friends is that their loved ones is radical personality change the loved one has been taught to suppress his or her own self i'm sorry old self well same thing the makeover often includes a change of name clothes hairstyle speech mannerisms family friends thoughts emotions and a new relationship with God, which I don't even know what the fuck. I mean, what is their God? Um, uh, cult involvement seems to pull much of the common ground out from under the family, friends, and the loved one. When you are with someone in a cult, it is difficult to talk on a rational level. I don't know. I'm just like, oh, God. Uh, yeah, and it says the cult member, let's see. Uh, the cult member uh, comes to exhibit symptoms of disassociative disorder as uh, defined in the DSMIV. The Diagnostic Manual for the American Psychiatric Association. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I don't quite know. His behavior may resemble that of a person with a dependent personality disorder. What does that mean? Like, I mean, needing affirmation from everyone? <laughs> what is that? Like dependent? validation. Okay, like validation. Okay, like external okay. validation. Constant so. external validation. Okay, right. uh, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, um, well, I mean, it's just you know and and i think that i do think it's important to 
have empathy uh, for those who are actually grappling with this, especially kids, because they're confused. Um, However, do you want me to read again what I read that you wanted to go off on? Did I, did I, yeah, did I, sure. A pseudo identity well, is created with, or you, you know, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, I, that's. I mean, it's, I mean, I basically said what I sort of wanted to say about okay. that. That 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 is, you know, they do create a new identity, and the thing is, and 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 an identity that requires constant validation, constant upkeep. I mean, they yep. they actually have to. If if you stop upkeeping, if you stop taking those hormones your body is going to revert. Your body is actually constantly trying to revert. Even as you're taking those hormones, your, your body is trying to exert itself. I mean, it is, it is the opposite of health. It is putting your body through a constant kind of a trauma for no reason because you are healthy. And they say that it's not about a stereotype, but it is clearly about a stereotype performance. Um, you know, it, it is about, uh, hyper femininity and hyper masculinity. Yes. It yeah. is. They wouldn't be it, parading around in a short haircut because I'm a, I'm an adult human female. I'm a woman, but they would never be sporting this like, because it, it's just going to bring out their natural self, which is, I'm talking about a man here or male. Um, it's so obvious. It's just like, well, why are you wearing so much makeup? Why are you, why do you have long hair? Why are you wearing a really exaggerated uh, feminine clothing. Like, this is a pretty basic-ass t-shirt. I don't think they'd be wearing yeah. that shit. Yeah. Um, even if they were, it doesn't matter because they're it still It doesn't male. matter. It doesn't matter. You know, and, and it, you know, there there's a lot of, um, I mean, this is, a, I, I don't remember where he spoke about this, and maybe you will, um, Steve Hassan. Okay. But he talks about... probably. But, um, what it is, there's a certain level of um, hierarchies and, mm. and performance. And I yes. see that as well, because there's the hierarchy um, of those who are the most passing. And, and you see it's a hierarchy. And again, and it takes, and oh, and this is another one, money, 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 oh, money. It takes this. money. Just like Scientology, they say, cost you a half a million dollars money. throughout your lifetime transition is going to cost you probably the same with, with the constant upkeep of hormones yeah. um, and, and the surgeries and the, the wardrobe changes and, and you know, all of this. I mean, it's a, it's a buy-in. It's a, it's a buy-in. It costs money. Um, it is not, you know, it, that's, that's part of it to me. It's not authentic. You know, whatever I, whatever you do or don't do, you're still a woman. You're still exactly. a man, you know, yep. whatever you do or don't do your body. However I dress or don't dress, I could shave my head. Mm-hmm. I could wear whatever clothes I'm, I'm, I will always have in, I, just like I will always have lungs. I will always have a heart. I will always have warm blood. I will always have a body organized around the production of large immobile gametes. I, there's, I can never do anything to change the fact that that is how my body is organized. And there is no way that anyone can change that fact about themselves. It's an immutable characteristic. It's, it's, I, I, a friend of mine, um, online said you, sex is not something you can develop. Um, you can develop an identity. I, I can I can go from being a non-writer and then publish 
you know, three or four books and then develop an identity as a writer. I can develop an identity as a Buddhist um, by practicing uh, Buddhism. I can, there are certain things about my uh, identity that can be developed, but sex is not something you can develop. It, it, you can't progress it. It is, it is the same as ever is the yeah. same as the day you were conceived it, at, yeah. at, at your conception, it happened and it will never change all the way to your death. It's like, even if you had this, you know, brain, if you're a male and you have a brain of a female, but you still have a male body, like you're not going to ever have a vagina. Um, let me read something uh, here. It's not the bite model, but it's kind of another, um, I don't know what you call the bite model, uh, acronym type thing. Um, this is the creation of the cult identity. It's, there's three stages or three, uh, what does he call them? What, yeah, three stages. Uh, unfreezing, changing, and re, okay. Unfreezing, which is breaking a person down, changing, indoctrination, and refreezing, reinforcing the new identity. So, and the first one, which is unfreezing, um, on the bottom here, I highlighted, getting the person to question his or her identity. Okay. Um, uh -huh. next one uh -huh. is, let's see, um, Okay. This is refreezing, which is a uh, new identity reinforced, old identity surrendered, and I wrote dead names. Bye bye. Yeah. Separate yep. from the. Uh, sorry, separate from the past. Uh, decrease contact or cut off friends and family. Um, let's see. Uh, engage in cold activities. Recruit. Fundraise. Move in with members. Uh, new name. We already said all that. Um, language and family. Uh, la, 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 yeah. Okay, I don't know. There's another thing I highlighted. Changes in, I guess this is, a lot of this book is about how to help your people to get out of cults. I think I already said that, but uh, changes in personality type may indicate unhealthy social pressure. Um, uh, the existence of, here's what, I found it. Yay. The existence of a cult identity that binds the authentic self like a straitjacket. That's what I underlined. Yep, found it. Yay. Um, oh, yeah. Even people who are born into cults have an authentic self that was suppressed from birth. I don't know. It's just stuff that gave me, like, hope, honestly, because you can replace your identity and create a new one, um, like a video game character, but there's still your core self, and you'll never, ever be able to change that. I, I, you know what I want to clarify? So, um... I, I wanted to, you happened to be reading that book and I was reading the book and I, and we, I saw, I've seen, I've seen Karen, um, uh, from, are you kidding me? Talk about it. Yeah. I've seen Art Morty talk mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, yeah. and, uh, about all of these people to be clear have, have spoken about, um, the relationship between some cult think and this ideology mm -hmm. uh and i am not talking about it to fearmonger um i'm not talking about it to um to vilify uh i'm i'm talking about it in order to um highlight how it is operating yeah how it's functioning. Mm -hmm. I want to highlight the operations that are at work and yeah. the functioning is not at work. So this is not to, it is not a way for me to vilify people who believe this. Um, but it is a way to be able to express clearly 
how this is functioning uh, and how it's functioning not just for individuals, but how it's functioning in the culture. Okay. And I think it's really, again, it's important to highlight these things because there has been such a massive advertising campaign in school curriculum, anti-bullying campaign. I mean, we already have men entering women's prisons who are known rapists. They are getting put into men's prisons. We already have a case in the UK where a woman was put in contempt of court until she referred to her rapist with she pronouns. I mean, I, I, I mean, fuck that. I will would never fucking refer to my rapist as a woman, no matter how he quote identified how disgusting that that happened to her. I'm so galled. Um, act why they're there is because of a male. Just go fuck yourself, dude. Like, yeah, exactly. So, so this is a way to, there, there's some really upsetting things that are happening. Um, I don't want to, overly get into it but it came up on twitter the yesterday or two days ago where there has been a movement in the united states of trans activists who have tried to legalize female genital mutilation and to stop they have actively protested to stop legislation that would ban explicitly female genital mutilation because it gets in the way of surgery quote transition surgeries because quote transition surgeries that affect the genitals are genital mutilation so they have come after and attacked activists who are female genital mutilation activists and they have attacked laws that are trying to protect women and girls so the reason that we have to talk, we have to talk about this functioning. We have to talk about how these things are operating. We have to look at the patterns and name the patterns as we see them. This is, I mean, this is in a way it's very basic pattern recognition. Let's look at the patterns and how this is functioning. Yep. Um, That's because book about, um, you know, how to, um, handle all this is literally a lot of obviously chapters about it, but research the cult beliefs and practices, make a list of uh, probable cult triggers, check your list with former members, make a list of the loaded language words and phrases. He really encourages uh, learning how they speak and how they move and how they act. Um, You know, obviously if you can talk to D trans people or people that have been involved in it. Um, Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Find out if the group has written a code of ethics, and if so, does it hold its leaders to those principles? Does the cult's behavior contradict its teachings? Do uh, leaders give orders to lie? Um, yes. Like, there's literal websites to lie to your doctor to get uh, hormone blockers or whatever, um, which is just crazy. Um, by reading cult literature, you will develop a reference point for identifying and understanding the group's deceptive practices. Like, this is how you're going to get a handle on all this. And I'm really glad you brought up the the fact that we're not, like, shaming or vilifying people that are either captured by it or, you know, we're trying to teach people about this. It's not about that. Um, and it's like another thing that he talked about in this book is um, it doesn't have to have all these points because I read the ones that are obviously glaring about the 
uh, gender ideology movement, but there's a lot of other stuff that's other cults practices. And he said that specifically, it, a cult doesn't have to be a cult with having, you know, following all the cults, um, I guess, no. bullet points. Well, I think that the thing that people mostly as- associate with cults that isn't quite the same thing that's happening here is people do have a tendency to um, associate cults with a charismatic leader. Yes. And there, there yes. is no one charismatic leader here. Now, there are a lot of social media influencers who are uh, what using the phrase that he uses who have undue influence. Um, so they are having undue influence on, on teens and parents. Um, but there's no one charismatic leader, but the thing is, you know, when he, in that book, he talks about, for example, trafficking, you know, in, in cases of trafficking, there's also not like some sort of charismatic leader in the same way that you would think of a, you know, uh, um, uh, of a Ron Hubbard or something like that. There's not, there's not that, that same thing, but, but, but he talks about how, um, trafficking victims fall in line with the same kind of, um, uh, undue influence, uh, that happens in all cults. And I think that is also another good, um, word that he uses, which is undue influence. And he, Mm. he talks about how, you know, there, we are, we live in a culture of influence. You cannot, you cannot not be influenced by things. We are, we are going to be influenced by, um, I mean, we're influenced by language. I mean, we're, our thinking is influenced by the different kind of language systems we have. We are influenced by, I mean, we're influenced by people who are like, let's go see this film and not that film. I mean, that's just, we're influenced by one another. We're influenced by styles. I mean, we're, we're, we're influenced all the time, but the undue influence, oh my gosh, I'm having a light thing, I think, because of the sun coming in. Okay. Um, (laughs) And even if the cult leader dies, it can still reside. It can still exist because the teachings or the writing is there. You don't have to have a leader. Well, and this is, this is undue influence because it's really telling you there's a lot in here in this ideology that is telling you that there is one way um, to do this and it is their way. And if, again, if someone doesn't believe it, they, it's because they hate you, you know, I mean, that, that's a hard, that's like one of the harshest things about this movement right there. I mean, that's, that's, drastic that's that's dramatic um you know other people who have different beliefs don't vilify those who don't go along with it i mean even like flat earthers are not out there saying um you know that people who don't agree with them hate them yeah you know yeah oh my god what is happening i'm oh uh, don't worry about it okay good that it's like i can no okay, one, I good. mean, if they're really, um, you're fine. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I could just talk forever about this damn book, but um, another defense. Well, any, any, say, say the name of it again, because I think, oh. you know, I think people would be really influenced in reading it. Freedom of mind. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I do, I like how he says on, again, just to go back, he, he's that undue influence. This is, it's beyond here. I'm sure he it, it up though. And maybe maybe 
so he talks about it in um, what what is the name of my book? I'm gonna look it up. Combating Cult Mind Control. Mm -hmm. So that's his his original book, and I'm reading like the newest edition of it. Mm -hmm. Um, He talks about undue influence being um, that which um, starts to stop you from doing your own thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so a regular influence, like I said, would be like, you say, uh, let's go see star Wars. And I'm like, uh, and you're like, no, it's really good. And I say, okay, okay. I mean, that's benign, you know, like Mm -hmm. you had an influence on me, but it was not overdue or even like marketing. Like there's general marketing that would not be considered undue influence. Like, I don't know. Pantene says it's you're gonna have the softest hair and and we can maybe I'm influenced and I buy it or maybe not um but it's not undue influence they're not controlling anything about me um but the undue influence comes in when it starts to um change your when it impacts your behavior um, when it impacts your um, ability to have your own thoughts, when it yeah. impacts your relationships, um, you might be in a situation of undue influence. And if you cannot, if you cannot hold in your head that someone believes different than you and is not your enemy, again, that is dramatic. That is drastic. You know, yeah. I can. Isn't that what they're like trying to? They're just. I don't know. They don't practice what they preach. It's like. I mean, most most people who have. I mean, there are other people who have uh, beliefs that I don't believe in. I mean, there there are people who are practicing. I don't know Christians or practicing Judaism or practicing Hinduism. You know, and they're not like beliefs that I hold. Um, but I'm able to be friends with them because they don't they don't think that just because I don't believe their same beliefs, I hate them. They don't show you the conversation with calling or just like making, you know, they do. A, I've noticed with an, I really feel like my friends aren't meaning or like, I don't know, ex, ex friends now. I don't know. I think that they're doing this thing, you know, uh, one of my friends, I was like, Oh, what's going on? And she started off the sentence with something, something, you're anti-trans, whatever. And I'm like, you're already blaming me for whatever what I'm doing as anti something like are you already blaming me like I'm the one at fault here like very yeah. subtly I'm like seriously yeah. like I I don't even know if these people are aware of what they're saying or doing but it's always from the angle of you're the wrong one you're on the wrong side I, god I just can't that fucking phrase kills me dude you know I mean it, it's it's really tragic, you know? I mean, there's so many of us who find our, ourselves on the side of this conversation, um, you know, have found ourselves with lost friendships over it. Um, yeah, I'd say all and of us, really. And I, it's, it's pretty unfortunate. I, you know, my, my solidarity, as I have continued to say, is with, the physical safety and fairness of women and girls. My solidarity is with globally women and girls, our rights to physical boundaries, our rights to reality and to name reality without being called 
bigots or without being threatened to be fired from our jobs or without being threatened to put in contempt of court. Like, yep. Um, you know, and I want to bring up something cause I, I have used that word belief and we're talking about cult think and we're talking about beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kara Dansky, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll mention, uh, the event, but Kara Dansky, who's one of my fellow organizers said the other day that this, it's not about, it's not a battle of beliefs. This isn't like, I believe one thing mm-hmm. and you believe another thing. It's, yeah. it's, it, um, and I don't, so I don't want to frame it as a battle of contrasting, um, beliefs. Uh, I don't really care what they believe or don't believe. Uh, I care about physical integrity and boundaries for women and girls. They can believe, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to participate in their belief that they think they're women, that men think they're women. I'm, I'm never going to participate in that or agree to it, but I don't care that they believe it. I only right. care that they are attacking women's rights because whatever I believe about myself, it doesn't matter. I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I can believe it or not. I am one. I'm so. never going to grow gills and be able to breathe underwater even if I really, 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 really believe I'm a fish, if I don't come have up for it. air, have, I'd say have at it. That's I, terrible, I, on, I will die. I will die if I don't come up for air. Um, so my belief system, uh, my belief can never make me a fish. I'm always physically a woman. Your belief um, is your what you believe is is separate from the it's irrelevant reality. It, I mean, it's, it's obviously a part of you and your experience, but it it does nothing with your biological reality, human body, and no, no, it, yeah. Uh, this this is a what we were talking about, but uh, it sounds all over the place. But trust me, because I I don't want to cut you off, so I just randomly interject. So whatever. Yeah, yeah. The just doctrine is seen as absolute truth. The only answer to a member's problems, cult doctrine teaches its members, we are the way, we are the truth, you who are not in the group are lost. Yeah. Yeah, anyways. Uh, well, wrong, that's, yeah, you're right. I mean, wrong, wrong side of history right there. That, that's exactly. what they think about us. Um. But I think history is going to find they're on the wrong side of history. I, mean, I know. When, 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 when archaeologists dig up their fucking bones, they will never know that they had this belief system. I, I will never lower myself to that level of saying so, something so childish. No, and I'm just, I'm going to be like, do you have a time machine? First of all, I'm really upset that you didn't tell me because what the hell? <laughs> But how do you know that? How do you know? Now, I know. We know. But I'm not going to play that. You know, I was just like, how do you know? How do you know? How can you be so foolish to sit there and tell me, your best friend at the time, that I'm on the wrong side of history? Oh, I hate that phrase. I well, really that's, despise that's, it. And that goes back. That's a platitude. It means nothing. It has no. It oh is. That's not. It, that's not the now. That's not the now. We're talking about the now. What's really going on right now? Yeah. Stop distracting. It's, it's just a Would meaningless it, platitude that that has no. It doesn't. I was like, oh it, God, there's no. There's no substance to it. It. it there's no substance. Right. I mean, and that. So that's dumb. a. That's a lot of what we see happening. Yes. Um. So I think we should. We should talk about. Yes. Uh, Keep, I keep moving over for the sunlight, and I know you say it doesn't <laughs> matter. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I don't do what you want. It's fine. It's, it's, it's um, fine. Uh, but let's talk about so uh, 
Biden's EO is happening. His executive order uh, is happening. And um, women are protesting. So this order is is taking place. It's happening at a federal level. It affects um, federal organizations and organizations that accept federal funding. And it is an order from him um, that is putting the language of gender identity into the law. And what happens, first of all, again, I, I think I've said this a few times today, that is totally undefined. In the order, the, the words gender identity are never defined. But what it does effectively is it replaces the language of sex with the language of gender identity. They're already Again, doing that. Like in my uh, yeah. form I was filling out online, they change it from what your sex is. It says gender. And I'm like, yeah, ah. yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so, but what it means effectively for women and girls is they will no longer be protected under the category of sex. Um, so again, they use these words that are progressive, it, that it's inclusive, um, but uh, that, that it's because they want uh, people with different gender identities to be included. Um, again, it's disingenuous framing. No one is discluded from anything. No one is, everyone has a bathroom they can use. Everyone has a locker room they can use. Everyone has uh, a, a sports team they can participate on. No one is banned um, because of their identity. Everyone right now is is segregated by sex to those places and sports. Um, but this language is going to make um, it's going to erase sex and it's going to put in place gender identity. So um, women and girls uh, will have to deal with men in their sports with men in our prisons, with men in our locker rooms, bathrooms, changing rooms, with men in our domestic violence centers, rape crisis centers. Um, we will not be able to ask for single sex health care. Uh, if we ask for a woman, we could be given a man uh, who is claiming to be a woman. So it, it takes away all physical protections that women and girls have on the basis of sex. And on March 8th, which is International Women's Day, Women are picketing in D.C. Um, WomenPicketDC.org uh, is our website. Please come. We already have over 100 women who are definitely showing up to this event. Uh, show up in person. Join us. It is your opportunity to say, no, I do not consent to this. Women and girls are whole human beings. We are fully embodied, whole human beings. We are not gendered identities. The very notion that we are gendered identities is sexist, regressive, dehumanizing, and objectifying. Uh, so join us at that event. Um, you can also donate to our Give Butter campaign. There's a link to that on the website. Um, yeah, so if... if yeah. Oh, here, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put the give butter. I'm going to, I think you can put it up here, right? Oh, no, I'll do it uh, in Oh, you'll post. do it. You'll do it yeah, later. Yeah, you'll yeah. do it in post. Oh, never mind. Yeah. So you'll do it in post because you're fancy. You're, you're fancy no, and you know how to do that. Okay, good. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so, so join us, put your voices in, amplify us. So amplify this video, amplify other videos that are up on our, um, on our, our website, um, uh, uh, give to us, donate. And, and I have repeated this and I'm going to say it again. 
this event is happening on U.S. soil. This is an event um, by women in the United States that's protesting something that the president of the United States is being putting in place. But this is about global solidarity with all women and girls, because this we have seen this happen in the UK and we've seen what they're dealing with with men in their prisons. And it is ridiculous. Women are in danger. They are getting raped. We, we have seen what is happening in Canada. Um, we, we know what is happening in Australia. This is happening in Scotland. This, this is happening in every place in the globe. This is happening in South America. This is happening in Mexico. This is happening in, um, every country that you could think of this happening, um, in all kinds of countries in Africa, this is a global, uh, this is happening in Asia. <laughs> this is, this is happening all over. Um, another way to get involved is to sign the Women's Declaration on Human Rights. Um, that is an international document as well. Um, if you sign that document, you will also be invited. There is a once a week Zoom meeting internationally for women. Get on this call if, if you want to, if you can, because this is a way to also build global solidarity. We hear from women all over the world. Um, you know, Romania, uh, 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 Korea, uh, Japan, uh, uh, um, Brazil, um, you know, we have heard from women in so many countries about how gender ideology is threatening their rights. Um, so we're protesting here. We're standing up here in the U.S., um, but we, we have our arms reaching out across the globe, standing in solidarity with all women and girls. This is for all of us. Yep. Perfect. Absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much, Amy. It's always such a treat. You were so fantastic. So yeah, be sure to check out the website and uh, donate and support and come on out there if you want. And men are uh, allowed to come, allowed to come. Um, all yeah. all <laughs> human bodies. But, yeah, uh, men, your um, men, men, your support is so welcome. You are very yes. welcome. <laughs> we we need solidarity. Hundred percent. All right. Yeah. Well, see you guys later. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that chit chat with my lovely new good friend Amy. Um, she is very deep and psychological and just a wonderful woman. I, I really enjoyed talking to her. She's a plethora of knowledge, um, and I have heard that Steve Hassan has heard about the transgender uh, agenda and is uh, definitely interested on our side. Like, yeah. So I'm like, holy shit. I, I don't want to say anything else because I don't know if I can even say this stuff, but I'm, I'm thrilled that I heard that news today, actually. I mean, super thrilled. Yeah, so uh, um, I don't even know what to say at this point, honestly. Um, hang in there, you ladies we we as a group combined are extremely powerful do not give up never give up it's going to be rough um as if it hasn't already been but um we can do it you know there are plenty of women out there that would be happy to talk to you if you're struggling mentally or anything um yeah you know there's uh, womensliberationfront.org which is um wolf it's the uh, acronym and then there's WHRC. There's a lot of groups you can get involved with um, and really be an advocate and do something about this. Um, I never thought I'd be taking um, any sort of action to, you know, protest or anything with politics, but here I am. 
you, you cannot remain silent. Like I know I keep saying that, but I really mean it. Anywho, thank you guys so much, and thank you for the Patreon support. Um, yeah. Never stop questioning things and remain curious and just observe the world around you and really trust your gut instinct. Namaste.